Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. And we're back, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider Evaluation Period Edition, if you will, as the coaches are out on the road. Still have guys coming on campus, new targets emerging, some guys rising up the list, others falling down, and then some movement with the highest-rated guys on the board as well. So a lot to cover with the best team in the land when it covers, comes to Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting over on the michiganinsider.com. Let's start off first with Mr. Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Good. Finally, some beautiful weather out there. Get outside and do some stuff. So uh, come inside for a little bit and do this pod and probably head back outside when we're done. Yeah, absolutely. And Bryce Marich. Bryce, how are you? Doing good. I'm uh, Sam, just like you. We're getting ready to hit the road soon. So I'll be starting, you know, see some more of these kids. Absolutely. And so we got – one of the questions we got was for us to – kind of set the receiver board we've we've talked a lot about guys who are at the top of the heap your Jalen Browns uh your Nick Harbors even though they're recruiting him as more of an edge guy uh considered to be a receiver by a lot of folks uh we focused a lot on on those guys and uh some interest in us moving down the board if you will like who are some of the other guys on the board and another highly rated guy who Michigan is seemingly, uh, they're a regional outlier, but seem to be very strongly in the mix, at least enough to get them on campus for a visit, Bryce. is a guy you're going to be seeing pretty soon out of DeSoto. Guys might obviously know the school because you got a couple of, a couple of players on Michigan's roster right now hailing from that school. But Jonte Cook is a guy that Michigan seems to at least be trending up enough to get on campus, Bryce. Yeah, he's a six foot and one seventy wide receiver, top fifty overall prospect in the twenty twenty three class. He's got the who's who's of offers, forty offers to be exact. Um, but he's narrowed it down to a few schools here, and Michigan's one of them. Uh, and Michigan's one of the outer region schools that you know seems to be looking pretty good for him. I know the staff, especially Ron Bellamy, the new wide wide receivers coach, has been putting a lot of work, and he actually stopped you know, by the school during this uh, evaluation period. And he's a guy that I think Michigan's confident they can get him up on campus, not once, but twice. And like we said, Sam, from our friend Courtney Morgan, when he was on, you know, if you can get a kid from out of region a couple times up to campus, it's usually a positive sign. Now, the other thing is you're battling some top schools like Texas A&M among others. But at the same time, you got to start off getting to first base and that is just getting him up to campus this elite talent this is a guy that can change you know any offense of what he can do in the open field and his first so good start he's a guy they really like and i you know we'll see if they get him actually up to campus soon yeah killing him with attention uh you know it doesn't sound like he knows the green twins i i ask that question uh they come from the same school say hey you know is there a connection there uh there's some familiarity but uh, they are, are, weren't there at the same time, quite obviously. But there is a connection to his trainer and receiver coach, Margin Hooks, who is a guy 
who was in the NFL, uh, he and Ron were uh, maybe it was with the Dolphins together. Uh, he and Ron Bellamy. So uh, he he mentioned in my interview, or at least Margin Hooks mentioned in my interview with him, that he always tries to give. Uh, you know, in the short time that Ron has been on a college staff, tries to give him the heads up of on who the guys or who his guys are going to be. He did that last year, and then Ron moved over to DB, so that kind of went by the wayside a little bit. Now that Ron's back at receivers coach, uh, he's putting them back in the mix with a number of his guys. Jonte Cook is one. And then there are a couple of other guys. There's Ashton Cozart, a receiver that's committed to Oklahoma, who Margin insists – uh, you know, Michigan, he's giving Michigan a look at least, even though he's committed to Oklahoma. And then there's Noble Johnson, a guy who is more of an under-the-radar guy, but his profile is – he's a bigger, rangier receiver, but his profile is really, really starting to shoot up. When you consider names like A&M and LSU, those, those squads are, are coming in, so it's not like uh, under-the-radar in the rankings – means under the radar as a recruit. He has some big timers on him, and it's a matter, like you said, Bryce, of being able to get a guy like that uh, up on campus. But you at least have at least have an in. You at least have a guy who's going to uh, – a resource that's going to help you know exactly where you stand uh, in a recruitment like that. And, you know, maybe that will help Michigan move up the board with him. Miami is another school that moved on Noble Johnson as well. So, again, under the radar as far as recruiting rankings are concerned, uh, but yeah, I think very soon you'll see, because uh, he's a three-star according to our according to our analysts, he's going to be moving up the, up the board. Another guy who's under the radar with the rankings, Steve, and you know you you mentioned in the previous podcast that Michigan is putting in work in St. Louis that they are they are looking to plant their flag uh, in in that talent-rich city, and a kid that really caught my eye, and one that they really seem to covet even if he's not necessarily a big-time national recruit as far as his offer list just yet, is Frederick Moore from Cardinal Ritter. Uh, again, six foot, 175 pounds, not real track speed, but you pop his tape on or you look at his film, Steve, and all you do is see him running away from guys on the football field. Yeah, Cardinal Ritter, a name, high school program, we're probably going to be mentioning a few times throughout the next couple cycles, right? I mean, it's a pretty loaded program. We've talked a little bit about Michigan hitting St. Louis really hard. Yeah, more profile a lot like Noble Johnson's, right? Three-star, but has offers from schools that you don't really necessarily consider three-star type offers right. like Penn State, Texas A&M, uh, Wisconsin, I believe, is in there as well. So, you know, some of the bigger, better programs in the country uh, have offered him. I think, yeah, he's a spring eval offer for Michigan. And, yeah, another guy. There are – this is like kind of the same time I, – I always liken this to a couple cycles ago – around the time Michigan offered Xavier Worthy, I think it was around this time of the year, and he was only an 85 or an 86 at that point. I think now it's not a guarantee that all these guys Michigan is offering are all going to move up, but I think, like you said, Sam, sometimes you just turn on the film, you can see this guy's not a three-star. That's what we said when we saw Worthy's film. Uh, I believe that with Noble Johnson as well, and Frederick Moore's not an 86, that's for sure. Uh, I, I don't believe that for a second. So, you know, those are guys I think, yeah, we feel comfortable about them moving up and and yeah Michigan a big enough name in those mixes you got to think to get um you know for the attention to be reciprocated on the other end but but yeah I'll be interested later to turn on Jonte Cook and, and Frederick Moore's film side by side as they're exact they're exactly the same size um and and kind of see the differences between those two guys and and 
you know, would Michigan be all right if they got either one of those guys? Obviously, they maybe they'd like to get both. But, uh, yeah, very national recruiting for receiver uh, this cycle. I mean, there's guys all over random parts of the country that they really seem to kind of like right now. Yeah, man. I, I guess, you know, what kind of threw me off is in his profile, his like his 100-meter time last year was like 11-something. So I'm thinking, okay, he's a, he's a short area of quickness, uh, you know, yak guy that's going to make someone miss in the open field and be that kind of player. But, man, you pop on the tape, and he is running away from guys left and right. So there's just certain guys who just – you put them on the track, it doesn't – the speed doesn't show up as readily as you as it does when you put them on the football field, and he is one of those guys. Now, uh, I, I mentioned Jalen Brown at the top. I'm going to re-mention him here, even though we've talked about him a lot. Uh, and he just competed in their state track meet – didn't go quite. Didn't go according to plan. I, I don't know if it was. It was just an off day for him. I think he finished like third in the two hundred, eighth in the one hundred. That's an off day for a kid who is a legit like ten five hundred meter guy and a twenty one three two hundred meter guy. Um, but you know, his recruitment has has gotten interesting from from this standpoint. I I think you could expect Miami to move up. They've moved up significantly. Uh, not just because of Mario Cristobal, but because of the Michigan contingent that went down there. I think the closer-to-home options have risen up the board. But, you know, you talking to him, talking to his dad, still very much enamored with Michigan. So here's the key, Bryce. You just mentioned getting a guy on campus twice. They've had Jalen Brown on campus twice already. He came last summer, and then he came during the uh, – he came during for the Washington game. Hasn't been on campus since. There was talk that he was going to make it back for, for two more visits here this year, maybe once in the spring and then again for his official visit. Now they're talking like that's up in the air, like they don't know if it'll be twice, but they definitely want to get back up here. I think for Michigan to maintain its, its uh, you know, a decent chance, decent a good chance of getting them, I think they got to get them up twice, get them back for an official, but get them in in the month of June because you're going to have his mentor is going to be on campus, guys. I mean, Desmond is going to be on campus in June. I mean, you I think you got to get if you're Michigan. You got to get him on campus when Desmond's around just to, to maximize your opportunity and try to get try to get Dante and and he on campus at the same time, too. I'm mean, you, You're trying to make recruiting events. Remember, we talked about uh, with missing the opportunity with with Colin Kaepernick. Don't miss the opportunity with with Desmond Howard being on campus. Charles Woodson is supposed to be back around Ann Arbor in in mid-June as well. Take advantage of those opportunities. That was one of the big deals for the Ohio State game. You guys remember that? With Desmond and, and Charles there for that game? I think you got if you're Michigan, you gotta be leveraging the crap out of out of presences like that. Uh it's I feel like a lot of other programs in the country would would do that and it wouldn't really be that difficult to put together, you know, um, to have two of your greatest players ever happen to be on campus in the middle of official visit season, just, you know, two guys that are also passionate about Michigan, you know, continuing to win on the field. Uh, it only makes so much sense to, uh, try to have people like that cross paths with some of the guys that you want, uh, to build the future of your program around. So you, you gotta hope, uh, Michigan kind of gets that figured out and squared away. Uh, because yeah, I mean those those are the types of meetings and and memories and stuff that can really resonate 
with a kid in their recruitment. When you're coming down the final stretch, you remember, you know, hey, this could be you could follow in my footsteps type stuff, you know, that that type of thing that kids love. Um, and, and again, you're talking about two guys in Desmond and Charles that I don't think would have any hesitation. And, you know, At I remember all. Charles Woodson, David Long. Mm-hmm. You know, like how you know, I remember that recruitment and it was big. The Charles Woodson stuff was big in that recruitment, you know, and again, a big, th- even bigger thing. Both these guys are still very visible on the college football scene, too. So it's not as if these are just two old Michigan players that would be there. I mean, these are guys that the kids should be well aware of. Um, you know, they see them every Saturday on TV for, college, you know, previewing, previewing college football games and, and stuff. So, yeah, no, you'd you'd hope. Um that something like that is able to come to fruition because like it only makes too much sense uh, to try to try to make it happen. <laughs> hey man, so. look, I, I just, I don't take anything for granted after the, the Kaepernick thing. I, you know, I don't take it for granted that just because those guys are going to be around that automatically they're going to, they're going to be around during visits. But if I'm Michigan, see that, that's not look bumps like that. So hey, it, that happens. Those things happen. That's fine. That's not against the rules. And so I am making sure that that bump happens if it's me, especially especially with a pre-existing relationship like the one Jalen has with with Desmond. That's his mentor, man. That's his guy. And so, you, man, to have him on campus the same time as Desmond Howard, that is that is just an opportunity that I am moving through. Whatever heaven and earth is in recruiting, I'm moving that, trying to make that that visit happen. I know Michigan is slated to be down in Miami. Talked to Jalen's dad. He said that Ron Bellamy was going to be down uh, sometime next week. There's another guy at Gulliver Prep, by the way, uh, that Michigan is is checking in on as we segue into talking about DBs a little bit. There's a kid at that school that is, uh, you know, another track guy, 21-6 in the 200, 10-7 in the 100. Uh, a sprinter who is under the radar on as far as the rankings are concerned, a three-star, according to our analysts, but a 6'2", 175-pound corner named Daniel Harris. Daniel Harris. So, again, three-star guy for us, but you look at his offer list, guys. It's Georgia. It's Ohio State. It's Florida. Uh, Miami, of course, they've offered. Penn State's offered. Tennessee, Texas A&M. This dude doesn't have uh, a mid-tier three-star offer list. And Michigan and Steve Klinkscale been all over this guy. Uh, he has some nice things to say about Klinks. And, you know, he seems like a really good coach, seems like a really nice guy, wants to wants to uh, get to know him better and more. So if you can get, again, as we play this out, let's say you get Jalen up the same time as, as Dez as, uh, as is here. There's some talk that maybe Charles will be around that same week. Right now, I know he's supposed to be here a week before Desmond, but there, you know, there's talk of him maybe being here that next week too. Can you imagine having those two on campus at the same time and having those two top-tier targets, a uh, uh, Jalen Brown and this kid Daniel Harris, who is, hey, he's a top guy on Ohio State's board. He's a top guy on Georgia's board. That's good enough for me. I don't know about you guys, but I'm trying to make stuff like that happen. That's greatness. That's like, you know, if you were to meet me, I mean, starstruck, you know, so that's a big deal. That's a big deal. I understand. You know what? You know what, Bryce? This is this is what they should do. They should do what the Notre Dame staff did, because clearly Notre Dame wanted everyone to know that, that Dante Moore was coming to town. 
right? And Wait, every, how, did you, how did you know that? Because every... <laughs> <laughs> they whatever they it was all over Twitter that Dante Moore was coming on a visit, right? And then as he showed up on a visit, we talked about this. The the media was like the paparazzi as he walked through the door. Notre Dame. If you think for a second that Notre Dame didn't that wasn't part of the plan, stop it. Come on, that was part of the plan. They they wanted to you know gin up the pop the pomp and circumstance, and they did a good job of it. So they could do the same thing. Just let Bryce know. If you let Bryce Marriage know that. Hey, the visitors are coming to town, and they see Bryce Marriage. If they see Bryce Marriage outside Schimbeckner Hall, I mean, that's going to get them some recruits right there. I, I thought the media, it looked like the media are the ones that made the tunnel for Dante Moore to enter into the into the facilities, if I remember. It looked like they formed a little tunnel for him to walk through at the facilities. I mean, you know, that's... I guess they, I don't know how they got tipped off, like you said, but yeah, you know, who knows? Yeah, it, it, it definitely was part of the atmosphere for him. So, hey, maybe maybe getting Bryce around to give him some atmosphere there as well. But sticking with the DBs, guys, and, and Steve, you talked about this. Another Providence Day kid. Providence Day is loaded. We talked about it from the standpoint of, of, of uh, you know, the offers last week to Jordan Ship and then, you know, legacy guy Channing Goodwin. Uh, but there are several other offers at the school including a corner, Steve, that you talked about, Chris Peel. Yeah, so another sort of a quiet three-star guy. Actually, Michigan offered him a really long time ago uh, and is a guy that's been squarely on their radar since then. Another, yeah, he's ranked as a three-star, but I believe Georgia is going to be one of his official visits. You know, so it's not as if other big-time programs aren't aren't already involved in this one. And, uh, yeah, no, uh, Providence uh, Day Christians is going to be a school Michigan is going to be after the next three cycles, you know, you talk about Peel, you talk about Goodwin and Ship, and then even David Sanders in 2025 as a kid, Michigan was the first offer for, he'll be a national guy. Uh, but yeah, Peel appears, I think, is one of their top overall guys at the cornerback position this cycle. So that's another name, much like Daniel Harris, I think you're going to be hearing a lot more from us about in the next month or two, uh, just seeing where Michigan is at in those. But Peel's a kid, like I said, I mean, Michigan had to have been one of the first four or five schools to offer, I want to say. So I, I suspect they're going to be in in his recruitment for the long haul uh, and got to think they're fighting uh, for an official visit. I don't know what his timeline is or if he's going to do them this fall or this spring. But, but yeah, definitely a name you're going to be hearing a lot more about in the near future. And then a kid that you're going to go see, and this is, this is one that's been rising up the boards, Bryce, but Aaron Gates down in Georgia is, is, a, is we sort of round out what we think the board looks like for Michigan. Aaron Gates is another one that seems at or near the top. Yeah, so he's a guy that's been on Michigan's radar for quite a bit of time. They, uh, When they took those, I want to say it was in 2021 or 2020, I forgot when it was, when they went on those, like, tours, you know, around. Uh, he was one of the kids they offered, Clinksville, and he was a kid they really liked. And at the time, you know, he was a 2023 and he had a couple of years still to go. But he slowly but surely kind of saw his profile build up and burst on the scene, lo and behold, then he finally commits to Florida. That hasn't stopped Michigan whatsoever. They actually got him up to campus for the spring game, kind of a quiet visit. Not too many people knew he was coming up here. He came up here with his mom. I know they really enjoyed their time. I'm going to get more in depth, more knowledge, and more intel on how that visit and much more is going with him. But I know 
Michigan has stopped by the school since then, at least his school, during this evaluation period. And as far as I know, the contact has still been there between him and Michigan. And so that's always a positive when you have, you know, both parties showing love and showing interest. So at the same time, if we're talking about guys, I think they actually have a pretty good shot at flipping. Aaron Gates is one of them. Yeah, and getting back over to to St. Louis, I guess one of one of the most intriguing guys to me. I mean, the most intriguing guy on the board is Nick Nicholas Harbor, right? Because he is just a freak athlete. I think we'd be talking a lot more about a kid, another kid out of St. Louis named Jeremiah Love, because he is he is a freakish guy in his own right. Uh, when you talk about legit track speed, uh, he won. He he was. Uh, I think he may have been the the. He may have won the state title in the hundred as a sophomore, as a as a ten seven guy. But he he has some schools recruiting him as a running back. He has some schools recruiting him as a corner. Some think he can be a receiver. Just a super super versatile Swiss Army knife. Uh, has a really impressive offer list. You know, really over the course of the spring, just big timer after big timer from. Penn State to Georgia, A&M came through with an offer. Auburn came through with an offer. But this one, Steve, is another one that Michigan is is seemingly trending pretty well with. And they have, uh, you know, he just put on Twitter here recently uh, that he has an official visit set to Ann Arbor. I think he's kind of, I would call him like this year's, like a Zeke Berry. Um they're not exactly the same type of player, but that versatility athleticism combination, you know, it's like, yeah, that you watch his film. It's hard to know where you would prefer him. I mean, his running back stuff looks really, really, really good. I mean, you know, I was surprised when, it, when we found out they were really kind of prefer him at a defensive back spot, but, but I guess it's easier to find productive running backs than it is like elite defensive backs. Right. So, I mean, it makes a certain level of sense there, but, but yeah, Michigan secured the official visit. Um, he wasn't able to post what date uh, it wasn't on the graphic that he posted, but we know it'll be the weekend of June 10th, you know, and I think Michigan will be his first official, which better than getting no official. Sometimes some people say the, the first official is not the best spot. Uh, he does have some other really big programs after him. And, and he's a guy I think Michigan felt like they were going to get one of those five official visits from for a while. I wonder, I mean, Jabril Peppers, you got to think, right? You got to like, these are the types of cards that they should be pulling out with these kids. Um, you know, especially, like I said, with a guy like him, who, who you, you watch him on both sides of the football, it's kind of hard to tell where he's better at, you know? And so, yeah, he'll be another name. We've talked about him a little bit though. I mean, he's a name that we've, we've mentioned a few times and as a guy, we know that they really, really like, you know, again, we talk about Michigan's efforts in St. Louis have been um, more than they normally are in 23. And so, yeah, Love might be the probably the best prospect they're recruiting out of the out of the city, in my opinion. So, you know, we'll have to see because it probably will be the most contentious recruitment of the guys that they're recruiting out there, right? So, I mean, that you know, never easy with the guys at that level, but obviously, with getting that official means Michigan's got a decent shot here. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Michigan's feeling uh, feeling this is one of the ones they seem to be just by uh, you know uh, talking to folks. Uh, that are really, really tied into the St. Louis recruiting scene. Uh, that seems to be one that Michigan is expressing confidence about. And he's, a free, I mean, four three eight laser as well. This is a this is a really, really impressive athlete. This is also another one that you're going to go, going up against a number of big timers. But 
hearing some Notre Dame buzz there. They are really uh, Notre Dame's making a, a hard push, as are some other ones. But uh, Michigan is butting heads seemingly more in this cycle with Notre Dame uh, than they have more times in this cycle, Steve, than it seems like they have in the last couple cycles put together. And this is another one where, uh, you know, I think they're going to have to duke it out with the Fighting Irish. We'll see how things go. That's another kid that we're going to be seeing in person here uh, in the uh, in the coming days and weeks. Uh, Jair Hill. Jair Hill is probably, at least to me, and you tell you guys tell me if you agree, for all the DBs Michigan is recruiting, Jair Hill is the guy I feel the best about. He's the guy I feel they're in the best shape with. Kankakee, Illinois. Uh, he was a guy who, before Ron Bellamy was switched to receivers, he was a guy that that they that Ron extended an offer to. I remember talking to the kid at that time, and he was you know he was glowing about Michigan. Now there he had to make a transition to a new um, a positional recruiter, but I actually am feeling good. This is probably the guy I'm closest to putting a crystal ball in on. Of everyone there recruiting, that was one of the questions we got in the thread. Who are you the closest to putting a crystal ball in on? For me, it's Jair, Jair Hill, guys. Yeah, yeah, like you said, uh, Sharon's been a force in Illinois for Michigan, uh, regardless of the position, right, for a few cycles now. No different in this one. I agree with you. You'd probably have Michigan's top four recruiters involved in this one. Um, I agree Hill's also underrated. I think Oklahoma just offered him. Uh, he's a guy who slowly has started to – he's got a good offer sheet, but I think he's even starting to get more and more attention nationally. I do think Notre Dame has offered him too. Um, he's probably – Illinois' number one prospect on their entire recruiting board. Yep. Which you may scoff at that, but you know that that's got to mean something to him. I would imagine. Uh, you know, just as far as that's a pretty flattering thing. I mean, but just based on what what we've read and, and heard, it sounds like Illinois is just putting the absolute full court press on him as well. So yeah, but another guy that Michigan identified pretty early in the process. I mean, they were one of his first offers. And a kid that, yeah, I think the first time we – he was one of those guys, the first time you watched him, it was uh, – no, he's not uh, where he's ranked right now. He should be <laughs> ranked higher than where he is. He has moved up since then. Uh, could be a guy when he gets – when there are more sets of eyes on him, could move up even further. But I did put in a crystal ball for him a long time ago. I haven't changed it. Uh, I'm with you, Sam. I think Michigan – this is one that Michigan is probably in pretty good shape as long as they continue to push really, really hard. I would be honest, I think there were a, maybe – a small periods of time where you kind of wondered, was Illinois making a big move? Uh, you know, I know fans would just can't imagine listening to hear that Illinois might be making a move on Michigan for a kid, but he is like their top overall prospect on their board, in my opinion. So, um, you know, there is that, but, but overall, yeah, I think this is a guy, Michigan, you got to cross your fingers, you know, got to get some of these guys and then he would be one of them. All right. So let's pause for the cause here, guys. And when we come back on the other side, I want to address a question that we got on the Michigan Insider uh, VIP board, the Victor's board. And it says, on a scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you that the 23, 23 class will be a disappointment compared to the 22 class? Uh, this is a prevalent question among Michigan fans right now. So we will address it on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, 
you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, fellas. So TMAC 1154 uh, on, the, on the board, and I'm, we're going to do a, a better job of incorporating your questions from the, uh, the message board into the podcast. And he says, on a scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you that the 23 class will be a disappointment compared to the 22 class, especially as we are Big Ten champs, crushed Ohio State, and are primed to have a loaded team this season and has a great shot of beating Ohio State where the winner goes to Indy again this year? So a lot of, a lot of build up there to uh, what clearly is a fan expectation that things would have been rolling uh, at this point in the recruiting cycle. And obviously things aren't rolling, so – Bryce, let's start with you. On a scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you that the 23 class uh, won't be on par with the 22 class? I would put it, for me at least, at a 5. So lukewarm. A couple things about this question that I kind of think about is, one, if you look at last cycle, where we were at, I think one of our posters put this down on our board a lot of these guys that were in the 2022 class weren't even on the radar some didn't even have offers mm-hmm. Damani Dent didn't even have an offer Mason Graham I think it was committed to Boise State mm-hmm. you know Keon Saab was you know a pipe dream Zeke you know, Berry was Barry, Arizona Zeke right Barry, yeah didn't even I mean so a lot of these guys that eventually like we're talking about Jire Hill slowly saw their recruiting uh, profiles kind of rise, their rankings rise. And then finally at the very end, Michigan was able to sign them, you know, and land them. And that was a big deal. And that's one of the reasons why they signed a top 10 class. Um, But the other thing that kind of worries me a little too, is when you look at that class around this time, they also had Will Johnson in the fold and committed. And the reason I bring that up is not to say (laughs) – This class is not there, but when your top guy is Raylan Wilson, who's a top 100, you know, linebacker commit overall, but he's taking visits to Georgia and Florida. That's not kind of what you want your class leader, your top guy doing. It doesn't resonate. It's not the greatest look. Whereas you have Will Johnson, who's committed 
He's a legacy. And guys are gravitating towards him saying, look at kind of what they got going on. You know, and they got a big guy, big name in the fold, like a class leader. And I think right now that's hurting them a little. I'm not saying, I know guys like Samaj Morgan, he's doing a great job. Cole Cabana, he's pitching in. Brooks Barr, he's working on Joseph Mpoyi. So there are guys working. But when you have a guy like a Will Johnson or throw it back in the day, Shane Morris, people like that working on top guys, that can take your class to another level. I think that's kind of hurting Michigan to some aspect in this class. But right now, long story short, I'd put my level at a five. Steve, how about you? Scale of one to ten. Uh, I've gone back and forth because it is only May still. And, and we know the one thing with Michigan is when they do get guys up, they are effective, right? And we are starting to see a decent amount of official visitors being set. And, and you know, it just at least seems like the foundation for June is there. But, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm probably at a five or a six, probably like a five and a half, I guess. I just, you know, it at the very least – there's no way you can say that they didn't squander some of the momentum that they had coming out of the best season they've had in years. Right. I mean, that, that should be a, not, you know, again, not only winning on the field, but putting guys in the pros also, you know, they've done it consistently. They've done it pretty much. The only schools that have done it more, I believe are schools that have all won a national championship, at least since Harbaugh has been here. So, you know, we've always said the one thing they hadn't quite done is gotten over the hump in the Big Ten, gotten over the hump in Ohio, against Ohio State. They did that. It's just hard to argue that they didn't waste a lot of that momentum away and now we're not, not having to rebuild from scratch or anything, but just kind of having to claw back in a little bit. And some of these recruitments where you, you just kind of feel like Michigan should have more buzz on the recruiting trail than they had the last couple months, right? So I normally would say like a – a three or a four just because it is May. Uh, but there are some other signs here where, you know, they have to rely heavily on some really great evals to hit in 22. And they're obviously they're Michigan's always capable of doing that. We've seen time and time again, that they do a really good job with the evals. But like I said, it's been a little disconcerting knowing, you know, there's some big names out there. You feel like Michigan should be, higher on the list for more involved with that, that they're not, you know, and it's just, it kind of makes you wonder like, you know, what does that mean? Yeah. I, I'll put mine at a six uh, at this point. It's similar to last year in that you really look to the season for Michigan to gain some, some more recruiting momentum to your point, Bryce, you got Will Johnson ready to help you recruit your class. He eventually takes a visit to, to USC, but you knew that that was, you knew what the, I knew what that was when he did it, right? He was recruiting other guys. His dad was recruiting. Man, how valuable of a resource is it to have Deion Johnson calling Antoine Sab, you know, Keon Sab's dad, and and recruiting him, and was doing the same thing. It didn't work out with every guy. It didn't work out with with Damani Jackson, right? Uh, but it was on the phone with with other dad. That is a huge, huge, huge deal, and so. You have some of that with, with Samaj and his dad, and they're doing a great job, doing a great job with Dante Moore, for instance. 
Uh, but the the dynamics, I think, if you listen to what the fan concern is, are different because there were so much, so many question marks about Michigan heading into last recruiting cycle, right, and heading into the season. There was reason the question, like, what's going to happen? I mean, the, the coaches basically got signed to a one-year – everyone was on a one-year extension for the most part. If it doesn't go well last year, coaching staff is going to be out. So you understood why recruits were, were hesitant. They wanted to see it on the field. Then when they saw it on the field – you started. You saw the Keon Sabs. You saw the Zeke Berries, right? You saw these these recruiting wins. Your Darius Clemenses that that commit the Amarion Walker, Amarion Walkers that flip, right? You you got some big wins. Derek Morris, you get some big wins down the stretch because you had a great season. So the expectation is that that's going to carry over into the cycle, right? Because you went to the playoff. You beat Ohio State. I get why. Fans are feeling that way. I think I brought this up before. You had some momentum stoppers. You had Jim looking at Minnesota, which he was certainly perfectly within his right to do and it's understandable for him to, to check that out. But that wasn't the only thing. Maybe if that was the only thing, it would be easy to regain the momentum so quickly, uh, you know, quicker than, than they are at this point. But you had the, the staff overhaul. The staff changes. You know, you, you have Gaddis leave. That moves Sharon. We talked about the significance of that. Courtney Morgan moves on. You see the significance of that. These are major recruiting events that stymie some of the some of the momentum that they had achieved during the season. And now, as you you get on the trail and you're trying to pick it up, you your immediate competition like a Notre Dame. I mean Notre Dame. Give them credit. Uh, and and call out that there there's gonna have to be some field credibility, uh, but gotta give them gotta give them credit, guys. I mean they are they're killing it on the recruiting trail right now, and many guys that you know I know we were looking at Michigan being involved. They have some big time recruits on their list, so that's why I said it's important for Michigan to be able to drag out the remaining recruitments. And, and, and I'm not saying, look, don't give up on some of the guys. Don't give up on Devin Houston, for instance. I would keep recruiting Devin Houston. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I thought Michigan was trending up at one point. Notre Dame swooped in and got him. His brother is, uh, you know, obviously Caleb Houston. You still have an in there, have a reason to believe that he might be around campus a little bit more. I'm going to continue to recruit that guy if I'm them. I'm going to continue to try to recruit their commitment, Keon Keeley, a uh, guy who, who had been committed. Uh, when Mike Elston came over. But for, for Michigan, I think a big key is, is again, going to be how they do this season. That's their best shot at regaining some of the momentum that we saw them end last recruiting cycle with. As they do that, and we see your Miamis, and we see your Notre Dames, I expect them to take some L's, and they can have the alternate effect where maybe losses on the field start to downgrade some of the buzz that they're receiving. And then – in the interim, I mean, can, can Michigan make June? Can they create some of that buzz in June with some of the things that we're talking about? Can they make a recruiting spectacle out of the month? Can they have their, you know, their huge weekends like, you know, Notre Dame put out and and you know we see these other schools just putting on. It's like a it's like a show. It's like a red carpet. Can they do that kind of thing that will have the the recruiting buzz on social media, which in the grand scheme of things, it's fluff. But these kids seem to re respond to it, Steve. They seem to like that. They seem to like feeling like they're a part of this this big event that's happening. Can Michigan create 
some of that kind of buzz, I think that's actually a big deal for them in, in trying to regain some of this momentum. Yeah, I agree. June is one of the more important months. This June, June of 2022, one of the more important months I can remember in a while for Michigan recruiting just because there should be a higher ceiling for this class and what, what it appears to look like right now. But if they get the right kids on campus and, and, and can send the right message, you know, yeah, I think they could start to rebuild some momentum heading into another season that, yeah, we expect them to have another good year this year. I mean, it, don't know if it'll end the exact same way that, that this past season did, but there's a shot that it could for sure, you know? And so, yeah, not the cycle you want to be going one-on-one with Notre Dame for like 15 guys. It seems like. <laughs> But like you said, Sam, and I agree, I think I mentioned this a few episodes ago, the difference like Miami, maybe not as much as it is for Notre Dame, but but Notre Dame was a top five team last year. There will be there. Yeah, there that momentum could be halted pretty quickly if they lose a couple games, because th- it is not a rebuild in South Bend at all. Like they are supposed to keep on the path that they've be- Brian Kelly put them on on the field. And yeah, it's it's clear that Marcus Freeman is a much more uh, charismatic, uh, vi- you know, visual recruiter. I mean, he's much more, uh, you know, of a personality in that regard than than Brian Kelly was for for them. But you know, Brian Kelly won a lot of football games there and and built a really good foundation. So Notre Dame cannot they they have to follow up a, a strong offseason with a good season on the field. And I think they would be the type of team at the level they are recruiting some of those bigger programs that, that recruit top five, top 10 classes all year could start to pick some of those kids off if they struggle on the field. Right. So right. yeah, Michigan, you know, that, Michigan's still recruiting Peyton Bowen too. Yep. 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 So yeah, that's another guy. I mean, there's, there's like, I think more than half their commit list is, is actively being recruited by other schools still and, and our races that are probably going to continue. So yeah, normally it was like, <laughs> you know, for Michigan losing the last two games of the season every year, it was like, June, July, like the most important months because they you wanted to get as many guys locked up as you possibly could uh, because, you you know, there was never any real certainty as to how the season would go. Now it's almost the opposite where, yeah, you want to build a really good foundation, keep Michigan in these kids' heads, go have another really big year. They'll probably have more guys drafted next year than they did this year, just from a number standpoint, I would think. Um, and and then you use that to, to close strong you know, heading into December. Yeah, and, and, you know, worthy of note, while there have been some there have been some guys that have fallen off the board, the guys who were at the top of of what we, at least who we think, were the guys at the top of the recruiting board, Dante Moore, Nicholas Harbor, Jalen Brown, those guys are still out there. Those guys are still out there. You're going to be getting them on campus here uh, in the coming weeks. You drag it out to the season. Uh, which all of them seem likely to do. I know uh, the one that was talking the most about making a preseason decision was Dante Moore, but it seeming more and more like his official visits could take him into the fall. That's what you want. And then there's some some field credibility. And then start, again, as, as, as best you can, building up this recruiting rem- momentum. And buzz is a, is a thing. It may, not, it may seem like a nothing thing, but you can't tell me that part of what's going on with Notre Dame, yeah, they got a better recruiting staff. I uh, hear they, they're aggressive with NIL, it sounds like. Uh, but kids hearing like, oh, that guy's talking about Notre Dame. That guy's going, oh, they have a big-time visit weekend coming. That That is a thing. That, that kind of helps the process some. 
So if Michigan can do some of that in June, get some of that buzz going, have a lot of different guys talking about more about Michigan, I think that can be a, a big deal for them as they try to, you know, see some of that great momentum. That they, look, Michigan was one of the strongest finishers in the last recruiting cycle. And that's not just us saying it. That, everyone was saying that. Michigan closed the recruiting cycle very, very strong. And it heightened, it raised the expectations about how they would start this recruiting cycle. Just a series of unfortunate events. You can't control that, you know, some guys are going to go on to different jobs. That, you know, Jim's going to explore the NFL some. That these things are going to happen at the same time and kind of slow the roll a little bit. Now the key is, can they pick that back up quick, fast, and in a hurry? Hopefully, uh, for the fans' sake. Because I, I don't know, guys, I, I read the board and I, I, feel like, I feel like we're counselors a lot of times. I don't know about you, Bryce. Feel like we got to talk people off the ledge. Yeah, that's that. I think Michigan needs a commitment pretty bad. Uh, it's been pretty evident uh, how people feel. And I mean, like I said, you have the number 18 class in the country, and it doesn't help that all three of your rivals are recruiting at an all time level. You got Notre Dame at one, you got Ohio State, I think, in the top five, and then I think Michigan State's in the top 20 or top 15. So um, but the thing I think the other point I want to really add on to, and I think we mentioned this several, several podcasts ago, talking about how State and recruiting against them, is you got to put pressure on them. You know what I mean? You got to recruit their guys, and that's what we're talking about mm-hmm. doing. And like a guy like Eno Etta, you know, Michigan State thought he was, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered. And he took a visit up to campus and, you know, got a lot of crystal balls in for Michigan State. And that's good, but he just – locked in an official visit to Michigan on June 17th. So he's still, you know, taking a peek at Michigan. I know Mike Elston's doing a really good job there. He's, I think, his first offer when he arrived at Michigan was Enoetta, the four-star edge rusher in the 2023 class down in Texas. So Michigan needs to put pressure on because I think sometimes, you know, things happen. I mean, look at Omarion Walker, you know, right. all the Notre Dame fans were like, oh, I don't know about that one. And he flipped. And if you look at their class now, the lowest rated guy, this also shows how well they're recruiting, <laughs> is Sam Pendleton, who was one of Michigan's top guys. Yeah, they're killing That's it. That's their lowest. Yeah, they're killing it. You know, and the number and they got the number one class. So Michigan's definitely, I think, and they're doing it right now, but you gotta keep that pressure, you know, foot on the gas pedal and just keep going at these guys because at the same time, like you guys have been saying, a good season could go a long way. And guess what? Winning cures all. Yeah, and like you you mentioned, there are several guys on that. Keon Keeley, Peyton Bowen. Um, um, I don't know if there's half of Michigan's top target list. Yeah, I, I, like. I don't I don't know if they're still recruiting uh, Sam Pendleton, but I they they got to stay on Devin Houston. I mean, that was one of their guys. They were all over Devin Houston, uh, and that one that one swung pretty quickly. But he, I mean, he's been to campus. He's familiar with Michigan. You, you you know his family. I'm staying on that one if I'm Michigan. I'm staying on a lot of guys, and it's a great point, Bryce. You, you keep the iron in the fire so when they cool off a bit, you're there to pounce. And that's assuming that things go like we think they're going to go for Michigan on the football field coming come up uh, when they come up in the fall uh, where we expect for Michigan to have another big-time season. So uh, we're always honest with you. Like, we aren't sugarcoating that. Yeah, Notre Dame's doing well. Ohio State always does well. Michigan State's doing better than they normally do. There is cause for concern regarding the recruiting momentum, but not panic time. 
Not panic time. If it comes time to panic, we'll tell you. This isn't that time. There's still an opportunity, especially with the big visit month that June will be for the maize and blue. But that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. And don't forget to check in with us on a daily over on the MichiganInsider.com. $1 gets you in, and we're about to hit the road, be all over the country, football and basketball, by the way, because we're going to see a number of top targets here over the next five, six weeks, so you don't want to miss it over on the MichiganInsider.com. And thanks again, folks, for listening to the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.